Buckle up your pant legs and zip up your hats. It's time for Sounds About Light, a podcast about Kingdom Hearts. I'm Sam. And I'm Drew. We're coming to you on Halloween. It's spooky time. We didn't sync it up to do the Halloween episode at Halloween Town. No. Hopefully, there's not any children outside having fun that is loud. Yeah, I hope no one has fun. No fun. Because <laughs> it's time to talk about Kingdom Hearts. I went outside earlier and I put a big sign on my wall, on my window rather, that says, Recording a podcast, don't have fun tonight. I did the cool thing that one of my neighbors did on Halloween a couple years ago, which is they put up a bunch of caution tape around their place and turned on their sprinklers to say, I'm a fun person in the neighborhood. (laughs) What a fun thing for a person to do. It was cool. It was a good way to be part of a community. Uh (laughs) Well, no no children have ever come here for for trick-or-treating, so hopefully that continues. Yeah, same. I'm in an apartment and kids don't don't do that. Uh Especially, uh, yeah, never mind. We're, we're gonna <laughs> I don't finish... even have full-size candy bars here. <laughs> I do, but they're for me. <laughs> That's my fentanyl. Right. My yeah. candy bars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you put the fentanyl in the candy bar, because that's how you want to do it. But yeah, then you definitely aren't going to give it to kids, because it's your fucking fentanyl. Uh-huh. Yeah. Every, every Halloween, I buy a big pack of apples and pencil sharpeners, and then right. I just, I hope no kids come, because I want these for myself. That's right. And then I turn off my lights and I go, oh, I guess nobody showed up. And then I sharpen all my pencils. (laughs) It's my tradition. Yeah, that's how they used to do it. (laughs) We're going to finish Kingdom Hearts today. Yeah. I'm excited. Me too. Because I need you to tell me some things. I'll tell you many things. This is probably going to be a long episode. I think so, yeah. I when I when I split this up the way that I did, I really didn't count on how many Ansem reports you would get in, in the last hour of the game. <laughs> yeah, I you know, I don't get to see those, so I'm I'm excited to hear those. Yeah, I'll be reading them in fast motion and not uh Ansem voice. Okay. Okay. Uh yeah, so we go we go back to Traverse Town. We got Kyrie here. Uh yeah. Sora fills the Final Fantasy gang in on what happened, and uh, Leon, oh my god, I felt like such an idiot here, because literally the first thing that he happens- He just explains everything? Is, is that Leon explains all the shit, the keyhole and the princess's heart, so when they completed the keyhole, the keyblade was, I was like, oh my god, I didn't need to say any of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Thank I think you, it was Leon. probably still helpful for you to say at the time. Um, I, I like that Leon is worried about the end of the world, but sleepy. Oh, he's always sleepy. Yeah. When he's voiced by David Boreanaz. It's surprising how sleepy this man is with, with, <laughs> with the things that are going on. Wake up, Leon. We're at the climax of the story. <laughs> uh, there, there's a little bit of dialogue post cutscene uh, where Aerith mentions that uh, they would have expected that when the keyhole opened, tons of darkness would be pouring out. And it is but a lot less than they would have expected. So she wonders if maybe someone is holding it back. Right. Yeah. And someone is, but we'll get to that. And someone is. I thought it was Mickey Mouse, but it's not. Well, it kind of is, isn't it? It's the princesses. Oh, it's Hollow the princesses. Bastion. That's right. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a, a little a little interesting uh, gameplay thing here at this point is that from this moment until the rest of the game, like all the Heartless that you fight in any world are like leveled up versions, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's neat. Oh, that is cool. Huh. One of them is called Dark Balls, <laughs> which is less cool, but not uncool. No. It's still pretty cool. Right. Uh, 
Did did you get any of the stuff with Sid and his mural? <laughs> no, I did not. Because Sid explains, uh, he's like the 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 heartless are going to be in uh, in the ocean between, making it really difficult to get to Hollow Bastion now. But I've got a backup secret gummy navigation block that's like a a side path to Hollow Bastion that I planned to use uh, at some point for us to all go home together. But it sounds like you need it more than I do. And he sends you to the underground waterway where there is a like a hallway that leads to a mural of a sunrise. And Sora looks at it and is like, huh. What a weird mural. And then it starts glowing and the nav block like pops out of it and it turns to a mural of a moon. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why Sid did. How? Why? What? I have no idea what this is. Yeah, that's super bizarre. Just one of Sid's famous mural hobbies. Yeah. Uh,. Yeah, Kyrie and Sora uh, get some one-on-one time after Donald and Goofy leave. Uh, they they just kind of have a laugh about like, I was looking for you this whole time and you were in my heart all along. Isn't that funny? <laughs> it's like this whole adventure was just a silly waste of time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he didn't have a way to get her out of there. No, he had he had no way of knowing. But I, this is basically what Donald said in the very beginning. He's like, "Yeah, come with us. You'll probably find." Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Donald was right. He was right. Um, He's always right. Yeah, I have to say. I mean, we'll get into it, but I think it's kind of bullshit that Kyrie doesn't get to go with Sora. Well, hold on to that feeling for all of the games that Kyrie is in, because boy, does she not get enough to do. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I guess it sets up the very end of this game that she's not there with him, I suppose. Yeah. But then, yeah, I, you know, I guess, I, I guess she doesn't get to do anything good about that. So that sucks. I truly, truly want to, the, the ending of uh, the most recent game, uh, Melody of Memory, mm-hmm. really implied that she's going to have more to do in Kingdom Hearts 4. I fucking hope. Yeah. <sighs> but we'll see. Yeah. Is that the rhythm game? It is. Sweet. It has one cutscene in it. <laughs> but it's very important, I assume. Genuinely, yes. Great. Good. <laughs> uh, stupid fucking series. Uh, yeah, so they they talk about Riku. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyrie is worried that Riku might have lost his heart, but Sora says, well, you know... When when I was falling into darkness, I started to lose my sense of self, lose my memories. But then I saw your light shining through because of our connection, and I think we can. I think we can bring Riku back in the same way. They basically like equate Kyrie's light breaking through the darkness for Sora with uh, the fairy tale that her grandma told her. Yeah, which seems like a bit of a stretch to me, but that's fine. It does. Yeah, I am starting to be like, am I supposed to take that fairy tale literally the way I did, <laughs> or is, is it just part of the truth or something? Well, I'll tell you this: I was editing last week's episode and listening to your crackpot corner, mm-hmm. and I think I think when you mentioned Xanarkind, I I got so distressed by the thought of having Final Fantasy X spoiled for me that I I forgot to mention that. Everything you said, I was like, I think that's exactly what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, 
And my bad on the Xanarkin thing. I didn't realize you hadn't, yeah, actually played it's it fine. before now. So it's yeah. fine. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, i I think that I think that a lot of the stuff you said, maybe not exactly the right. way that it's going to work, but a lot of it sounded very right with what I understand of the the lore. But but we'll see. It's it's still ambiguous at this point. So crazy that you don't know yet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I li- I think I've mentioned before that I have an ongoing list of questions that I'm keeping, mm-hmm. and I'm whenever I get an answer to one, even if it's one that I already knew the answer to, I move it down to an answered section. And what I'm really looking for is what is going to be the oldest unanswered question that eventually gets an answer. That's I'm excited to see that list at some point. I guess when when <laughs> when I can when I can fully comprehend the list. The the list is just getting longer and longer. It's up to 28 questions now, and I've only answered six of them. Wow. All right. But, it, I mean, it's useful. There are actually some answers here that I didn't know that we already had until we got them. So huh. All right. I'm, I'm becoming smarter every day. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll solve this thing for sure. We will understand Kingdom Hearts by the end of this. And then we'll send Nomura our results. <laughs> I'll send him a list of all the questions he hasn't answered yet just to make sure he can keep track of this shit. Yeah, he never gets those, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, you still haven't explained how Merlin got the book with Winnie the Pooh in it. <laughs> uh, uh so yeah, yeah, this is where Kyrie's like, "All right, well, let's go to Hollow Bastion and so this part I didn't like this part, especially in light of how much Kyrie kind of gets sidelined, kind of, I say, extremely gets sidelined in these games, where she's like, you know, Sora, I was technically with you for the whole adventure, and Sora's like, no, that was different. Besides, <laughs> you'd probably just get in my way, and she's like, ha 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 ha, yeah. Yeah, that sucked. That... <laughs> yeah, that sucked. You'd kind of be in my way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, fuck you, Sora. But more like, really, fuck you, Nomura. It's, I mean, Nomura's the one yeah. making these choices. Or his writers. Yeah. I, we, you know, we can't just be like, well, Kyrie agreed, and she also had a laugh, so... <laughs> right. That's definitely what they're trying uh, to make you think, but... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie gives Sora uh, the charm that she made at the start of the game out of Thalassa shells. Yep. And she makes him promise to return it. And this is where Sora gets a very important Keyblade called Oathkeeper. Mm. Uh, And I will talk about Oathkeeper in a bit, because there's another Keyblade that he's going to get that is sort of a pair with Oathkeeper. So Hmm. we'll come back to that shortly. We get a hilarious final mix cutscene here. (laughs) Yes. This This was, I'll say, of all the cutscenes that Final Mix added, this is the most, you didn't have to explain this, Nomura. It's like Riku is walking along this road in the darkness and he he's like kind of regretting what he did. He's like, "Oh, I I betrayed my friends." He he wonders if he's dead. He starts to it looks like he starts to like fade away. Mm-hmm. But he he kind of like pulls himself together and is like, "I can't without seeing my friends again." And then he hears a voice that we don't hear because we don't hear any of these voices in these cutscenes and it's it's Mickey Mouse. Yeah. And Mickey says, uh, he basically is like, so Riku, here's what's going on. I've got a keyblade that is from the realm of darkness. So what I'm going to do is we're going to close this door. And the way that the door works is that it needs one keyblade of light and one keyblade of darkness. So we're going to close it from the inside 
and your friends are going to close it from the outside, and then we'll be all set. Yeah. None yeah. of this needed to be here. And I don't think you, you don't technically know it's Mickey yet, but it's pretty clear it's Mickey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this, it's, it's, it's really weird because so much of the stuff in this game is like, you, you kind of have to put it together on your own. But whenever they tell you stuff, it, it is so, oh my God. It's, it, it, it just gets very like brick to the face sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, it, yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's I, it's so hard, I think, in in video games, I think, sometimes you get your story across, so I don't know. But yeah, it, it, it sometimes, it's just weird the stuff that they choose to really, really hit you over the face with, the stuff they just choose not to tell you at all. Right, because at the end of the game, what's going to happen is that Ricky and me, whoops, Ricky, <laughs> Riku and Mickey, uh close the door from the inside and yeah. Sora and friends close the door from the outside. And that's literally exactly what Mickey tells us here is going to happen. So I really don't see why it needed to be said at all, but they, they, they did add it. Yeah. I guess Here's something I learned about yeah. final mix, by the way, because mm-hmm. I totally forgot final mix. I have played it through the like remastered collection, right? I totally forgot that final mix was a Japan only release for the longest time. It came out the same year as Kingdom Hearts did in the first place, and the main thing about it, besides these new cutscenes, was that it was a Japanese version of the game with the English voice acting. That was the reason that they made this. Weird. Yeah, people, very strange. People want that. I guess I don't like. I don't know if the if the English like Disney voices are iconic in the United in in, in Japan. Maybe I don't know. I mean, they are celebrities. Like, actually, they're not like video game voice actors. So maybe. That's true. All of the all of the Japanese gamers wanted to hear Lance Bass from InSync. Maybe I have no idea. Maybe Lance <laughs> Bass is huge in Japan. <laughs> uh, yeah. So th- the one thing that I did like about this cutscene that I did think was a nice little addition is uh, Riku is of course very very sad at his his follies and his his regrets. Uh, but Mickey basically says, like, I don't know if I would be able to close the door just by myself. So I think I think it might have been fate that brought you here, to, uh, that brought us together, which I think is I think that's nice for Riku to hear. Yeah, that was neat. I like that. Oh, actually, no, there's there's a little bit at the end, too, that I liked where uh, uh, Riku, like, wonders if Sora and Kairi okay, are OK. And Mickey's like, uh, if if you think you can feel uh, your connection with them in your heart, you should know the answer already. And he just, uh, Riku, like, kind of thinks for a moment and then smiles, which is, it's nice. Yeah. It's nice to see uh, that Riku, having become unpossessed, is, is like, not, <laughs> not still an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good, a good change. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think uh yeah, the next thing that happens is we go back we go back to Hollow Bastion with the the gummy from Sid. Uh Beast tells them that all the princesses are they seem to want to stay in the castle for some reason, which will turn out to be because they're using their their light heart powers to like hold back the darkness. Right. Yeah. Uh we then we go to the library. I like I like that of all the princesses, Belle is just like kind of planted in the library. Like, I don't know if I don't know if you would have gotten this actually, but when you talk to Belle in the library, she's like, 
I'm looking through all the books to see if we can find anything about how to fight the darkness, which I, that, it's nice that they, that Belle is in character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she loves libraries, here she is. <laughs> Especially considering that Cinderella has, like, a fucking forsooth-ass line here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, where did I write it down? Oh yeah, uh... It's. I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but Sora tells the princesses that he's going to go defeat Ansem, and Cinderella goes, A worthy answer, Keyblade Master. <laughs> Which is not really how I think of Cinderella talking. I don't think of Cinderella talking. <laughs> <laughs> she mostly talks to her pet rat, who yeah. can talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, what happens here? Uh... Oh yeah, so they go they go back to talk to the princesses. Mm. Uh this is where I I made a note here. Uh you talk to you can talk to all the princesses, but Cinderella and Snow White specifically refer to Sora as Keyblade Master, which is interesting because they were kidnapped before any of this happened and they wouldn't have woken up until after he left. But why do they know about the Keyblade? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, cuz like not hmm. everyone seems to Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I love this line. This line from uh, uh, Aurora, uh, Sleeping Beauty. I don't know if people call her Aurora. That's her name. In in my mind, she's Sleeping Beauty, but they call her Aurora in this. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> where she says like the the evil man Ansem is gone. He was swallowed by the keyhole, but he had a smile on his face as it happened. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did. I do like that. Yeah, he's 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 a very twisted man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, I was just sad though for this whole part that uh, Ariel wasn't here in like a bathtub that they had to drag into the chapel for her. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Okay. I. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Before I get to Keyblade lore, I was about. I, I'm getting ahead of myself. There's one one more thing that I want to note, and this is one of those things that I have no idea if there's lore behind this that is important, but. Uh, when you go into the Grand Hall, which is where the keyhole is, there's there's this hallway, and it's where there's, like, two rows of three pods each, which is <laughs> where the princesses were when they were in, like, stasis. Right, yes. Uh, but up above, overlooking the stairs and looking down onto the platform where the keyhole is, is a seventh chamber, which presumably is for Kyrie. <laughs> but uh, Kyrie's never in it. Which really made me wonder, like, were these built by Maleficent and Ansem? Or was this, like, was this room used for some nefarious purpose in the before times? I honestly don't know. Uh, And that might be something that will never matter, but I did make a note of it. Yeah, it isn't really clear, like, if this is stuff that was has been, been there for a while or if Maleficent made this happen. Yeah, uh, I think I've said this before, but I'm I'm dying to get some some modern Kingdom Hearts Hollow Bastion lore. Yeah. Uh but in front of Kyrie's uh chest, nope, pod is a chest and it is a chest that contains a new keyblade called Oblivion, which is the pair with Oathkeeper that I mentioned. Hmm. Uh so here's here's a little lore about them because they're very important keyblades. Uh Oathkeeper and uh Oblivion, their respective like little keychain tokens are uh Kyrie's charm and uh a black version of Sora's little crown necklace, hmm. which uh, I have to assume is sort of a representation of the idea that Riku is kind of a 
a dark equivalent of Sora because these these keyblades represent Kairi and Riku. Mm-hmm. Uh, their handles are shaped like angel wings and bat wings for Riku. Uh, but something I think is a, a really cool little detail is the sort of teeth of the key. For Oathkeeper, it is the kanji for Hikari, which means light. And for Oblivion, it's the kanji of Yami, which means darkness. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, they, they're, they're the light and the dark, the, the Kairi and the Riku. They also kind of represent, though, uh, life and death, because hmm. Oblivion, in this case, refers not to, uh, like, destruction and, like, the end of the world, but to, like, forgetting. The Japanese name is Passing Memories of this Keyblade. And it's got, like, this chain running from handle to tip. And if the chain, of course, represents memories in Kingdom Hearts. We know this. Right. Uh, not to mention, like, death and forgetting are very closely tied to each other in Kingdom Hearts. When Sora was fading into the darkness, he felt like he was forgetting his friends. Yeah. So, yeah, their uh, Oathkeeper is sort of representative of Sora remembering a promise to Kairi, while Oblivion represents Sora forgetting... Life, death, light, dark, etc., etc. I think there it's a very it's a very cool little thematic pairing of keyblades. Also, they just look pretty dope. <laughs> no, that's really yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, we I, the forgetting thing comes up a lot too. I think with yeah, other characters. So okay, we don't get enough, in my opinion, of these like thematic keyblades. A lot of them are more just like this one looks like Aladdin world. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I, I will say for, for two two more notes that I don't really know if there's any significance to them. Uh, Oathkeeper, or sorry, Oblivion rather, the tip of it is kind of a fleur de another symbol we see all over the place. I have yet to really discern any through line to where those symbols show up, but mm-hmm. there it is. Uh, but the the hilt also has this gem, which you can also see in the logo of Hollow Bastion. And that's another one of those things that I just have no idea with Hollow Bastion, if that means anything. Well, Kyrie's from uh, there. I don't know. But yeah, that's that's the Keyblade lore update. Okay. I'll file that away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they go to this... Uh, they, oh, they go through the portal. I found this kind of confusing because I forgot that the keyhole is not the keyhole. It's a portal to the keyhole. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't realize that until this happened. Very weird shit. Uh, but yeah, they they like fight a big boss inside of the portal that we thought was the keyhole, and then there's a keyhole in the keyhole, and they lock the keyhole, and yep. that's the keyhole. And then we hear Sora, you did it. <laughs> Sora, hey, great work, buddy. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, yes, it's Leon and the other Final Fantasy gang. Uh, Aerith mentions that this, this is their childhood home. As I cross off ten of my crackpot corners for the future. I still really wonder about that, but yeah. (laughs) I'm, I'm still, I'm still holding out hope that there's more to it than that, and that they're from, like, a Final Fantasy universe or something. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think it could be a lot of things, but... Um, I think Yuffie has a line somewhere where she's like, oh, you know, I don't really remember this place. Like, we were very young when we lived here. And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, thank you. Please. Making a note of that. I I want to believe that there's more to it. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those things where I think there totally could be more to it, or it could just be fun to have these characters in these games. Yeah. 
I like that Leon, though, is, like, horrified at how fucked up it looks now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, this, looks, this used to be a nice place. Yeah, we didn't have any Blitzball stadiums in here when I was here last no time. No Blitzball, no pipes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Did you, did you see people talking about... Uh, uh, the fact that uh, Blitzball was made canon in Star Wars by a book. I did see people talking about that. And so now the there's there's a double chance that it could show up in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, absolutely. I want to see Darth Vader play Blitzball against uh, <laughs> Babu Freak. Move over, Fortnite. There's a new bullshit in town. Yeah, I'll finally be a whale for some game. <laughs> Oh god. I mean the the Kingdom Hearts mobile games ugh. they are they are gotcha games and I I I hate that fact. Oh no. Yeah. Ugh. I hope that I don't uh <laughs> I mean I was going to say I hope that I don't like Missing Link so I don't have to play it. I guess a better option would be I hope that Missing Link is good when I play it. <laughs> but you know, temper your expectations. Yeah, you've already kind of you've already kind of moved that goalpost for yourself, which is good. <laughs> I hope that it's tolerable for the people who film the cutscenes for me to watch on YouTube. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Aerith mentions something that is going to be a very big part of the, the late game of Kingdom Hearts 1, and I think it's also pretty fucking stupid, which is how certain everyone is, and they will turn out to be correct, that once they beat Ansem... That will just, like, flip a switch that solves all the problems. Yeah, and I was like, why would that do anything? I don't know. I honestly don't think there's any real reason for it, to be perfectly honest. That's one of my notes. I'm like, why would that restore everything? That doesn't make any sense to me. And I guess I'm glad that that doesn't. (laughs) So, there's some stuff that comes up eventually about, like, what happens when you destroy a Heartless. Mm. So, maybe the idea is that they go to the place where all the destroyed worlds are and they like beat a big heartless that is a boat there and it releases all the hearts of the worlds i guess that's the most sense i can make of it i don't know if that's what they were going for or if it was just pure once you beat the boss the game will be solved yeah but there's another step so i wasn't really sure if that had done what they needed it to do yeah i don't know if there is an explanation for why this works, it's pretty messy and unclear. But we, the, it, it will. So that's good. Uh, yeah, Yuffie establishes here that once all the worlds get restored, everyone's just gonna sort of poof back to where they came from. All the barriers are gonna come back up, so they they won't be able to travel around in their gummy ship anymore. And. Uh, they they might never see each other again. Yeah. But Leon delivers a line that his voice actor does not do a great job with. Even if we never meet again, we'll never forget each other. He's kind of Thanks, like, Leon. Yeah. He it's it's kind of crazy that he just got to do that and they were like, "Yep. <laughs> it's weird. Sh- it, yep, ship he's, it." He's not great. Mm-hmm. I I think he's prob got to be the worst voice actor in the game. Sorry, David. I don't. I mean, he probably knew what he was doing. 
<laughs> He's like, no, it's a stylistic choice. I love at this point, I think I said that they locked the keyhole. They actually didn't. Leon, like, calls them out of the portal before they get around to it. And now, at this point in the cutscene, Donald and Goofy are standing next to the keyhole like, Sora! Yeah, that was really goofy. <laughs> can we, can we, can we get this already? Uh, and they do. Yeah. Uh, the princesses tell them that, uh, the darkness in the castle is starting to fade, but they, they can feel a new darkness forming somewhere else, out, way out in space. Oh, this is where, uh, Cinderella says, a worthy answer, Keyblade Master, and I said, okay, thank you. Um, oh boy. Well, okay, this is... (laughs) The next thing that happens is that on your way out, if you as the player choose to speak to Aerith in the library, she just gives you four Ansem reports. <laughs> I guess that's some cut content stuff. I don't yeah, maybe they were like and you'll get this one at, but no they cuz they all they all like come before something else that you got in a way that I think they were supposed to be found here. I don't know. Hmm. Whatever the case, here they come. I'm gonna I'm gonna read them quickly and not do the voice. Here we go. Okay. Uh, Ansem report number two. It is my duty to expose what this darkness really is. I shall conduct the following experiments: one, extract the darkness from a person's heart; two, cultivate darkness in a pure heart; three, suppress and amf- amplify the darkness within. The experiments cause the test subjects' hearts to collapse, including those of the most stalwart. How fragile our hearts are. My treatment produced no signs of recovery. I confined those who had completely lost their hearts beneath the castle. Sometime later, I went below and was greeted by the strangest sight, creatures that seemed born of darkness. What are they? Are they truly sentient beings? Could they be the shadows of those who lost their hearts in my experiments? This one? I love this one. Because I think the second report that we ever get is Ansem Report 3, which is right after this. Yeah. Where he's he's like... Man, what is with all these weird dark things underneath the castle? And I I had forgotten this, so I actually wrote down in my list of questions like, why are there so many heartless underneath Hollow Bastion? Where do they all come from? And then like... the reveal all the way at the end of the game that's like, oh, he made them by experimenting on presumably kidnapped test subjects. Yeah, it's like you should know, my dude, you did it. It's it's so fucked, and when you, like, reread the one that comes after it, it just shows you, like, how, like, how fucking removed he is from the horrors that he's inflicting on people. It's so messed up. I, I love this. Yeah, maybe we weren't wrong about Mickey being fucking Joe Rogan, because I don't know why he's hanging out with this dude. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's platforming darkness intellectuals. <laughs> oh, no. Oh yeah, th- thank you to Sauce, by the way, for the incredible uh, Joe Rodent fan art. Yeah, that's it's it's very good. Uh, next answer report. Uh, this is answer report four. This is after the one where he says, "I'll call the heartless things heartless." The heartless appear in groups and are multiplying rapidly. I've provided them both living and non-living samples. <laughs> <laughs> They've responded only to the living. They seem to multiply after absorbing something from those creatures. From, sorry, from the living creatures. Their prey vanishes without a trace. I believe the heartless are taking hearts. They are born from those who've lost their hearts and thrive on hearts seized from others. The hearts taken by the heartless become heartless themselves. Though I lack proof, I am confident in this hypothesis. I must also study their behavioral principles. Though they lack emotions, they do seem to have some intelligence. How to communicate with them? 
it's just occurred to me, could they be the darkness in people's hearts? Nasty. Mm. Nasty, yeah. nasty, nasty. Yeah, bad dude. I mean, I would say the the least horrifying explanation here is that he's giving them, like, mushrooms, which become the mushroom-shaped heartless. Yeah, I mean, he says... Living... More likely, though, he's feeding them people. Yeah, or mice or something weird. Yeah. Uh, this next report is number six, which is right after he opens the door and sees the heart of the world. A massive core of energy lay beyond the door sought by the Heartless. It may be the ultimate goal of the Heartless. But what is that energy? I've devised a hypothesis based upon my observations of the Heartless. The Heartless feed on others' hearts, and they yearn for that energy core. The thing behind the door must be a heart, too. The heart of this world. There's no proof, but having felt that immense energy, I am certain that was the heart of the world. The Heartless are trying to take hearts not only from all living creatures, but from the planet itself. But what do they mean to do with the heart of the world? I hope... That nobody is playing the drinking game here because you are dead if you are. Yes, R.I.P. All of our listeners. It's it stinks that our podcast is over because you all died. <laughs> this report, uh, I don't know that it actually really tells us anything new. I think we pretty much already knew all of this. Yeah, the heart of the world. They're looking for it. I think it says you know I think it says something that's interesting because of a different conclusion that Ansem has made later which is that there appears to be a power source at the, at the core of their hearts. And I think that goes to something Sora says later, which is that there is light in every heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is... In there's that, there's a, a light that never goes out. Yeah. Uh, finally, we have answer report number 10. I say finally. I think there's three or four more after this. But finally for now, this is the one uh, right after he did the Joe Rodent experience. <laughs> Just as people have hearts, so do worlds. The same can be said of stars in the night sky. And deep within each world lies a door to its heart. The heartless desire those hearts. Born out of darkness in people's hearts, they seek to return to a greater heart, 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 heart. <laughs> yes, that's it. The heartless come from people's hearts, as does the darkness. Is the core of the world's heart the world of the heartless? I will pursue the answer there and become all-knowing. Good goal. My path is set. I shall seek out the wielder of the Keyblade and the princesses. My body is too frail for such a journey, but I must do this. I will cast it off and plunge into the depths of darkness. Uh, This is an interesting one because this is a reveal here. Uh, Ansem is a heartless. Yeah. We we did not meet him uh, as a a human being. The the brown-cloaked man is actually Ansem's heartless. Right. Presumably he's wearing that cloak because he looks all fucked up. Yeah, because he's a little bug in there. <laughs> he's a little bug, or maybe a small boat. I, oh man. He keeps saying, <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, that's the Ansem Report report. Uh, I I think I think most of these are pretty interesting. The one where he talks about the hearts of worlds, I think, could be cut. We already knew all that shit, but... You know, you know what? I'll actually take that back because he's learning stuff, and that's important for his journey. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it reveals a lot about what's going on, so I think it's good to have. Yeah, uh, I, I like this uh, after you leave this conversation, or after you after you get the the Ansem reports rather, and you go back to talking to Aerith. Uh, I like that she says uh, this whole time they all assumed that Ansem died trying to save people in hollow bastion when the heartless showed up <laughs> right that's a that's a, a rough reveal for them yeah yeah that is actually really messed up 
Like, not only not only did our dear leader uh, actually cause this whole thing that we thought was Maleficent, it turns out that he was experimenting on people from our town all along. Yeah. He's a fucked up guy. Yeah, not a good dude. Uh, but, uh... Oh no! Bad news, everybody. This is where, in my notes, I decided to put all of the secret bosses who also <laughs> drop Ansem reports. Yeah. <laughs> uh, would it make sense to push this off <sighs> no i don't think it would i think we got to do them all okay cool here we go uh the first secret boss uh is or i, I guess it's not a secret boss it's an optional boss is uh hades uh if you do the hades cup at the coliseum uh Actually, this is a a really weird little moment, is that after you beat Hades in the boss fight, he gets, like, ejected out of the Colosseum into the shadows where you can't see him, and he says, Oh, hey, hey, back off, kid, and then you just hear, like, sounds of Hades getting the shit kicked out of him. Was that him getting... Was that the Titans, or is that Hercules? (sighs) I don't think anyone really knows. I thought it was gonna turn out to be cloud but you never do find out it could could be cloud it it could could be hercules yeah it doesn't matter but it is funny to hear him get beat up off screen (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh also after you finish after you win the hades cup because he's not the final uh fight in it uh there is a little cutscene of donald where hades is like standing next to the gate on the other side looking all dejected and donald shoots a blizzard through it to extinguish his head (laughs) (laughs) that's just pretty good yeah yeah uh some weird stuff here i i boy boy is there i really thought sora was gonna kill that tiny ice titan he was gonna stomp on it i don't know if i saw the ice titan i probably i must have skipped over it by mistake yeah yeah he fights the ice titan and then it shrinks after he beats it and then he goes to stomp on it and then it scuttles away but i'm like sora what the fuck (laughs) oh no sora that's so cruel yeah they like melt it down is that the idea I think, yeah, him beating it melted it down to a little tiny guy, and then he's going to stomp on the tiny guy, but then the tiny guy runs away in a cartoon <sighs> I wonder a cartoon if that's a way. joke from Hercules. Oh, maybe. I feel like it might be, but it's, it's been a long time. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, here's, here's Ansem Report number eight. This is uh, after he finds the gummy block, but before he meets Mickey Mouse. There is no doubt that the Heartless are deeply connected to other people's hearts. Further study may unravel both their motivations and the mysteries shrouding the heart. As a start... Oh, this one's important. As a start, I have built a device that artificially creates Heartless. By recreating the conditions that spawn the Heartless naturally, I should be able to produce them artificially. This device is the culmination of all my research thus far. The machine's test run successfully created a Heartless. This may be a step toward creating a heart from nothing. The artificially and naturally created Heartless showed nearly identical traits, but the two types remain distinct for the purpose of the experiment, so I will mark the ones that are created artificially. Now, this is this is a very important one for two reasons. Number one, I don't know if you ever noticed that there are heartless that are just like creatures of darkness. And there's heartless that are like, like little characters who have the little heartless emblem on them. Yeah, I guess I kind of noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. It, you would never think about it until you read this. But yeah, the, the ones that are created artificially are the emblem heartless. And that's why they have those because... Because Ansem was just putting a little a little sticker on them. So he's literally just what? So, 
by creating the conditions that are heartless. But like the conditions for heartless is darkness getting someone's heart. Is he? Does that mean he's artificially pumping darkness into actual people's hearts, or just like putting darkness together till a little dude appears? He said he built a device, so I I assume because what he was saying before is that the 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 heartless that were like under the castle, which we can assume were probably shadow heartless, were being created when he would like throw them uh test subjects right so i assume that what the machine does is he puts a person in it or maybe maybe a disembodied heart in some way and basically just bombards it with darkness until it becomes uh an emblem heartless that's my guess we don't really know um also uh this is the first we've heard of his goal to create a heart yeah yeah, that's interesting. I have I have a theory about why he would want it, which I guess I can say. My theory is he at this point he uh has already he hasn't made the decision to become a heartless, but he's started thinking about it. Yeah. Uh which makes me wonder if he wanted to create a heart so that he could go back afterwards. Oh, maybe. Yeah. That's just a guess. I don't actually know the answer to this, but Hmm. Yeah, very, very interesting that that was a goal that he had. That is interesting. Uh, the next battle that we have is the one in Agrabah that I think you would have seen the very beginning of it. Is that, I mean, there's also Sephiroth, is that not the... <laughs> oh, I, I put Sephiroth at the end because of the Ansem report that we get. Oh, um, okie dokie. Uh, yeah. Yes, I saw the Agrabah one, where it, which is a mech. It is a mech, it's a mech with a snake head. <laughs> is that supposed to be like Jafar's Heartless or something? Oh, that's interesting. There is absolutely no lore behind this. Just a... just okay. Well, there is one very important note about this Heartless, which is that its name is Kurt Zisa because of a kid who won a contest. <laughs> okay. Hi, uh, Kurt. Yeah, this is a, a Heartless that I I tried to fight once when I was younger, and it just completely, severely dumpstered me. And I was like, you know what? I don't think I need to 100% this game. I'm just going to go beat the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is... Ooh, I did... Oh, no, no, no. Okay, I, I did write which one this is. This is Ansem Report 11, so this is the one right after he decides to become a Heartless. Okay. Opening the door to a world's heart causes its walls to crumble. These fragments are seen as shooting stars. This explains why these gummy blocks can travel freely to other worlds. Bet you didn't think that we would have three Ansem Reports about gummy blocks. <laughs> it's It's shocking. I know the catalyst of this collapse, the appearance of the Heartless. However, it will take time to search out the world's doors and retrieve each heart. Furthermore, the doors can be locked using a keyblade, making the heart forever unattainable. I must take action before the wielder of the key appears in this world. If the princesses and the keyblade are connected, they should resonate. I've chosen a girl. I don't know if she holds the princess's powers, but I will find out. She may lead me to the key bearer. I shall set her free and observe. Is that Kyrie? Uh, yes, that is Kyrie. Kyrie was at Hollow Bastion when she was a child. Ansem used to be the leader of Hollow Bastion. He picked Kyrie, and he he is the one who uh, sent her to the Destiny Islands. Wow. Although, uh, it sounds like he didn't know where he was sending her. He just knew that sending her somewhere, she would probably be drawn to a Keyblade wielder because of the connection between the princesses and the Keyblade. Uh, and that that would perhaps... I actually don't really know what his goal was here, to set Sora on the path to becoming 
a problem for him. I actually don't really know what the Seems logic is. Seems like he just wanted here. to know where Sora was. Yeah, I mean, maybe, because he says, I must take action before the wielder of the key appears in this world. I guess it's like, if it's just an unknown factor, then I can't prepare for it. Yeah. But if I get the Keyblade wielder on the path to fight me, then I will at least know what's going on and I can stop him. I think that might that's, be it. That's my best guess. Yeah. Uh, I should also mention uh, 11, 12, and 13 are all final mix, so these were not in the game originally. So these are all things that Nomura mm. added once he knew he was getting... <laughs> sequels got it okay uh yeah okay so the next one is um is the one you get after beating sephiroth uh sephiroth is inexplicably and very poorly voiced by lance bass from insync <laughs> i don't know if you got any of his voice it's quite terrible i don't think i did i think he just looks cool yeah he because there, there's a little cutscene with cloud right that he has but i don't yeah. think they speak in it at all no yeah he has like a fun fight with with cloud but i don't yeah yeah you anything. just get a little bit when he's when he's fighting sora of being like i will beat you <laughs> <laughs> i shall lead you to the promised land <sighs> a keyblade descend heartless angel uh i do have you have you beaten final fantasy 7 no, no, I, I no. Okay, well, anyone who I actually haven't either, but I do know what this is. Uh, anyone who knows this will know it. Uh, after you beat Sephiroth, you get a Keyblade that is shaped like uh, his sword, the Masamune, but the like key teeth tip is a big meteor. Oh, I get that. <laughs> really, something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Cloud just, like, walks in and, like, stares him down, and then they, like, fly away like Dragon Ball Z, and it just fades to white. (laughs) Very, very weird little, like, we will not explain what happens here. Yeah, I only only had two notes for this part, which was, Kingdom Heart would be better with, like, a real parry. Um, I mean, I know you you can kind of parry, but I'd like a, a, a good one. And yeah, you you get you get that in in three for sure. I don't remember when they introduced it, but I know you have it in three. Okay, and then I just wrote C- Cloud and Sephiroth, badass, badass. <laughs> yeah, they're they're literally like Dragon Ball Z sparking with electricity as they like hover into the air. Yeah, they just fly. <laughs> they just fly. I mean, they do have wings. Yeah, they got yeah. two wings between the two of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Next answer report is number 12, uh, following up directly on the last one. Ooh, this one's creepy. This I think this one gets the voice, because it's, it's really creepy. Here okay. we go. The body is gone. The heart should have returned to the heartless, and yet nothing. This one is unlike any other. Its memories remain, and it has yet to take the form of a heartless. A close eye must be kept on the situation. Much is still unknown. To get to the realm of darkness... One must go through the doors of Kingdom Hearts, the place where the world's hearts connect. Beyond this world is a place in which darkness reigns. Details shall be archived in a separate report. (laughs) Stupid. There are many worlds in existence, some of which we know nothing about. The world in which we live, the realm of darkness, the realm of light, and the world in between. Wherein lies true Nirvana. Oh, he's he's done the thing. So is he he's, talking about himself? A monster. What's that? Is he talking about himself when he's talking about the the heart having memories and stuff? Yes, he is in a very weird, creepy way, like writing about his new form 
mm-hmm. in like this weird yeah it's very like removed from it mentally very creepy that's interesting it brings up the concept of nirvana here honestly too um, yeah i've never really thought about that line well, i don't really know what he is seeking i mean he literally calls himself the seeker of darkness well Just if he's enlightenment think- and darkenment I'm not the best expert on religions. I'm sure Chai will <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but I think oblivion is sort of um, one of the goals of Buddhism in some ways. Mm. And I'm wondering if he is actually seeking like annihilation by merging light and dark. That is very interesting. I I don't know. I don't really know his motivations uh, at this stage. I, I do also really like the... Um the the very strong tone shift in his writing style when mm-hmm. he becomes a heartless like it it is very clear that something about him has fundamentally changed which it 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 figures but i i really like that that's reflected in that way wow yeah it's uh, good we got we got one final report thank god <laughs> uh and this one this one comes with a very interesting boss fight because this is uh, where Sora, we, we go back to Hollow Bastion for this one. We are in the same tower area where they fought Maleficent. And we meet a man in an iconic black coat. Yes. And uh, as is traditional for something like this, he does not have voice acting. It's just text on the screen. Uh, and he walks right through Sora. And as he passes through him, Sora experiences like this sort of stream of like dialogue flashbacks between himself, Riku, and Kairi. Yeah. And he, he asks the man who he is, and the man just says, Ah, it seems you are special too. Uh Goofy asks and I love hearing Goofy say this, Are you a young Sayum? <laughs> yeah, very good. Uh he just says that the name is familiar to him, but he doesn't uh he doesn't elaborate. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he just blasts a giant ball of lightning at Sora that Sora, like, deflects with his keyblade and it flies into the air and makes a gigantic explosion. Yeah, it's just force lightning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the classic way of establishing, th- without hurting the hero, if he had gotten hit by that, it would have been really bad. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so the guy tells Sora, he, he says Sora is incomplete and he quote-unquote, offers to test Sora's strength. Uh, you, I imagine, won't have gotten any of the actual combat here. No. Uh, just just cool noises and a cool soundtrack. I, I love the song that plays over this. Look Up Disappeared. Okay. From Kingdom Hearts Final Mix. Will do. Um, but uh, I will mention what he uses to fight, because uh, we will keep an eye out for this uh, in the future. Uh, he has these little sort of red laser beam daggers that grow out of his hands, almost like tiny lightsabers. And he also has, like, laser force fields, some of which explode. Huh. So keep an eye out for this guy again. Yeah, it, it is weird that he's like, Sora, you're not whole and, and neither am I, and that makes us special. Mm-hmm. And that's really confusing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I also like that uh, when you beat him, he looks like he's about to die and he's like clutching his chest and he's like exploding. And then he's just like, nah, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> he just stands back up. 
Yeah. Uh, really, really good little teaser of what is to come. And he tells Sora, uh, he, he basically says, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to what happens next. And Sora is like, what, what are you talking about? What is going on? Who are you? And he just says, uh, there's no way you could possibly comprehend this for now, but don't worry, we'll meet again. And the last thing he says as he vanishes is that he is but a mere shell. Yeah. And then he drops Ansem Report 13. <laughs> Here you go, Sora. Uh, last one. Where does the body go when it separates from the heart? If the soul remains within the body, is it still considered to be deceased? When the heart returns to the heartless, the physical form disappears. But that is merely true in this world. Perhaps the body exists in another form in another world. If that is the case, then it is possible for one to exist in two worlds. A being that is neither darkness nor light, belonging nowhere, abandoned by its heart, a mere shell of its former self. The relation between the heart and body is complex. However, I am certain that if your self exists here, then by definition the other cannot truly exist. The other, the one which does not exist, shall be dubbed nobody. Okay. I know something, I know a little bit about this, but that's, that's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. We're, we're going to get to it very, very soon, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, do you, do you have any guesses of, of who we just fought? I would think it'd be Ansem's nobody, probably, because he's a shell and he says Ansem's a familiar name. That's right. Oops, I spoiled it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we just fought Zemnis. Oh, yeah, he. Uh, I I really like that uh, that we 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 get to see basically the final boss from Kingdom Hearts two. Uh, same same weapons, same fighting style. Just uh, the combat is is not quite as as fleshed out as it's going to be next time we fight him. But my God, I I watched the let's play of of this guy fighting him, and Jesus Christ, this this fight is is nuts. Yeah, I I mean I've already kind of hit. As I'm playing, the game is just kind of hard sometimes. And I don't think... Mm -hmm. And I think one of my complaints is that I just don't always feel like I have as much control over Sora as I would like to. Um, Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, I can't imagine if you're fighting, like, actually intended to be hard bosses, this game gets really tough. (laughs) Fortunately, by the time they really introduce the incredibly difficult bosses i mean i say that as if sephiroth and xemnas aren't in this but uh i i have fought the final secret secret boss of kingdom hearts 3 and that's i think that's probably the hardest boss fight i've ever done in any game and i did beat him and it's really satisfying uh but yeah i just don't think you can really get that same sort of satisfaction out of the combat combat in kingdom hearts one because it's just it's just a little bit too like rudimentary you run around you push the button and you hit stuff yeah and i think it's just like you don't have like good ways to cancel animations and i I don't know yeah yeah it gets it gets a lot smoother fortunately (laughs) that's good uh that is all the ansem reports okay yeah wow that's a lot of stuff it's a lot of stuff. I knew this was going to be a long episode, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we're actually we're actually making better time through it than I thought we would, to be honest. Yeah, I don't uh, really have like, I mean, a lot's going to happen, but I don't have a ton of notes because I think a lot of it's big fighting. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Well, let's let's keep it going. We go to a new region called the End of the World, uh, and this is it's a it's like a big darkness void. Uh, with little tiny 
scattered fragments all over the place that are basically the little shreds of the worlds that have been destroyed by the Heartless. Mm -hmm. They all sort of, as so many things in Kingdom Hearts do, they've all sort of aggregated here. Uh, Drink every time I say aggregated. Just kidding. Don't do that. (laughs) Uh, They've all sort of aggregated here into the, the end of the world, which is, if I remember correctly, it is one of the realm between worlds that is like the closest to the realm of darkness. It's like right on the edge, basically. Got it. Uh, and the, the end of the world is very interesting because as, as we've talked before about how, um, how worlds can have hearts and how even, even something like Traverse town, which is sort of almost an artificial world that was created by refugees can develop a heart uh this is kind of a heartless equivalent of a world when all the worlds lose their hearts this place that didn't really exist to begin with kind of forms out of the loss of those hearts which is very weird well if we i mean if it follows the same rules as people and nobodies then it it kind of makes sense i think yeah which is something i I actually, until until we started this podcast, I don't think I really picked up on how much the rules that apply to people also apply to worlds in this. Yeah, they're, they're basically the same, it seems like. Yeah, which has, has really surprised me, and I think it's very, very interesting, very weird, and I don't know if they're ever going to like do anything really important with it, but uh, I'm, I'm enjoying uh, following that thread. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it is Goofy who is like, well, Sora, this is a heartless world, which means if we destroy it, everything will go back to normal. Right, yeah. <laughs> I I never get tired of Goofy being the one who understands shit. Yeah, and that's just a really crazy thing to say, Goofy. Why, why would you think that or know that? <laughs> we'll have to take Goofy's word for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so they... They they like walk across this big void, uh, which leads them to a, a big like vortex that they go through. Uh, I an- this is another thing that I don't know if you would have seen, but they end up in this like chasm, which is just full of gummy blocks. No, I don't think I saw that. Yeah, it's it's like all the all the walls just have like big colorful like shapes sticking out of them suggesting that like yeah when a when a world's barrier is destroyed and when the world is destroyed gummy blocks like fly fly all through space but the stuff that doesn't fly through space or maybe even that does all just sort of like gets sucked into here it's really weird to see yeah sora should make a big gummy star destroyer (laughs) Uh, in kingdom hearts 4 yeah they have star wars now yeah (laughs) <laughs> that would you know what i know people want that i think they're wrong i think it would be bad that's well i've got bad news uh okay. it's all but confirmed at this point well maybe it won't there's be. a <laughs> there's a shot in the kingdom hearts 4 trailer that has like just just the edge of uh an at at's foot oh uh, okay or atst whichever the chicken one is that's the st okay S for small. I'm the I'm the Wikipedia guy, so I I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I I always hey maybe you can I'll, I'm going to take this up with you because you just said that you're Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. I always hated that it's at ats and ats that's fucking stupid. 
Why did they do that? Um, Explain it, yourself. Assault, trooper, attack, transport, I think. And then assault, or not, it's, it's assault something and then like scout transport or something like that. I think that's what it is. So it stands for stuff. I just think they should have made them said in the same way. Oh, well, I think you're supposed to say ATAT, but yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay. Never mind. You, you would know. You would know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, um, I don't know. They, they then go through this uh, hole, which takes them to a, a place called the World Terminus, which is a series of portals. Did you get any of this, actually? I don't think so, no. No? This, this is all just running around and fighting stuff, so I'm not surprised. But what happens here is, you know, gameplay-wise, this is the part where you just, like, you just see all the worlds you've traveled to, and you fight strong, heartless along the way. But Got it. Uh, I think lore-wise what's going on here is that uh, because this is leading them closer and closer to the Kingdom Hearts that contains all of the hearts of the worlds that have been eaten by the Heartless, mm-hmm. I think I think their proximity to that is sort of creating like reconstructions of other worlds. That's just a theory. I don't really know. I think really they just wanted you to have to fight a bunch of Heartless in a bunch of places. But what's really important here is that the final portal takes you to a location uh, that you've actually never been to before. It is a lab underneath Hollow Bastion. Oh. I might actually send you uh, a picture of this because this is actually, uh, I think, worth seeing with eyes. Okay. Oh. Oh. Weird. So, so yeah, they, they find this lab which has this big machine with it's it's kind of hard to tell in this screenshot but there's five sort of pods each of which has a shape on it kind of like the heartless emblem right this is prob- so the artificial heart machine probably heartless machine i don't think so oh maybe but i think if that was what it was originally intended as i think it's been retcon since okay. but this is something that we'll get to a long time from now <laughs> But uh, one thing that I really want to mention is that coming out of the top of the machine is like a bunch of pipes that connect up to a big tank of liquid. Yeah. And I think that this is where they're funneling all the water to in Hollow Bastion. Hmm. You can't see it in the screenshot, but but on the other side of it, there's all these pipes coming out of it that are presumably filling it with water. Uh, and yeah, I don't know for sure, but I, I think that Something here is, like, powered by the water of Hollow Bastion. I don't know. This is a weird room. It has never been explained. That's... Huh. Yeah. Uh, there's also a, a computer that if you interact with it, it reads this message for you. I don't want to read this message because it's just... <laughs> it's just a bunch of vague shit unlike an Ansem report. It's just like... <laughs> The ones of the darkness are dark. The ones of the hearts are hearts. Kingdom hearts. Seven hearts, one keyhole, and the dark door opens. This is basically all that it says. (laughs) I don't think we need any more detail than that. Okay. Uh, If that ever does become incredibly important, then I'll fucking read it. But until then, fuck that. All right. Uh, And then they walk out directly into a scene from Fantasia. Yeah, Chernobog's here. Yeah, it's they're they're fighting the bald mountain man himself. It's Chernabog. 
I this is it does kind of poke some holes in my earlier theory about what worlds are made of. I feel like mm, how so? Well, because I, I was saying, well, I mean, that all the worlds are people's memories of of like s- stories and creativity or whatever. But nobody but, remembers Fantasia. Yeah, I mean, I guess Chernabog maybe already got eaten up, and then he's here. I guess I don't really know. uh yeah this is actually a weird one uh because there is some probably retcon lore behind this uh because there is a fantasia world eventually okay Uh, so i think it's i think if you think of it in that way this is maybe implying hypothetically that like chernabog's world was destroyed but chernabog himself survived and sort of clung to the remnants of the world and got sucked into the end of the world maybe okay that actually that that actually tracks i think and keeps my theory alive it's kind of a stretch but also it does kind of it does kind of make sense well that makes sense because you've got people like riku who can apparently like hang out in the darkness and survive and yeah beast did it beast did it so i guess and then turnabog's a big dude that would like it here anyway Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why you don't even need the retcon to make it make sense that he's here. I actually didn't know for a long time that this was from Fantasia because oh. <laughs> Fantasia scared me as a child, so I forgot about it. I did write down, oh, no, this is the part that, this this part too scary. And uh-huh. I also wrote down, do you see titties? Because there's a part of that part where a harpy flies by the camera with, with boobs out in the Fantasia cartoon. <laughs> Not in Kingdom Hearts. Shame. <laughs> uh... Yeah, there, there's a, a cool little detail that you probably didn't see, which is that after you beat Chernabog, you, like, jump into the volcano. Or It's not really a volcano. It's just, like, a, a crater in the, in the yeah. mountain. Uh, and you go inside, and you walk through this series of little tunnels that uh, have stuff, like, sticking out of the walls that all, like, correlate with some of the worlds that you know have been destroyed. There's, like... The, the Seven Dwarves, like, cabin or cottage, is you, you see, like, the front door and, like, they're, they're like, mine shaft. And hmm. I think you see a little a little bit of Beast's castle and stuff like that. Okay, that's neat. Yeah. Just a, just, a, just a fun little detail here. Yeah. And then finally they end up in this little cave with these little, <laughs> little fountains. It's, it's, like, sort of... If that if that last series of tunnels was like a, a scary dark ride at Disneyland, uh, this is them like leaving into the gift shop, uh, <laughs> where there's just like a little save point and some literally just like some fountains t- to chill you out. <laughs> That's nice. That's thoughtful. And uh, Sora gets another telepathic communication from Mickey Mouse, uh, who says, "Don't worry, Sora, you're epic." <laughs> but what's he really say? He basically he basically just reminds you of what he said at the start of the game, which is that you're gonna open the door to light. You're the right. one, and also he he does not in these exact words, but he does tell you that this is the point of no return at the end of the video game. <laughs> He's like, make sure you're ready to go through that door with all your items and such, because this is the last chance you'll have to go anywhere else. Yeah, do you want to go on the suicide mission? <laughs> oh, go on then. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they walk, they walk through the door and they find themselves on the Destiny Islands, but everything's just like a little off. Like, uh, the waterfall and the pond are all dried up. Everywhere Sora walks, his footsteps leave these weird little purple glittery clouds behind. And also nobody's here. Nobody's playing Blitzball and Jump Rope. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody's racing a hundred (laughs) times. 
<laughs> Only one for uh, me. So they they go to the cave, uh, but before they go in, uh, Ansem repeats what he said to Sora at the start of the game. The world's been connected, you don't know shit, you're an idiot, etc., etc. Yeah. And then the island just kind of starts, like, breaking apart in a really creepy way. Yeah, and, like, turning into something else. Yeah, because, like, little pieces of the island are, like, vanishing into thin air. But my my favorite uh, part of it is how almost, like... Like the the space itself in the air like starts to split open. Yeah, there's looks- just like weird like purple shapes forming in the air. Very very weird. Yeah, it's cool. I, I think I like how it looks. Yeah. Uh, and D mode Riku is here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I was excited for some more D. <laughs> uh, he 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 gives Sora this big fucking speech. Uh, this island is a prison to a heart-seeking freedom, which is why Riku opened his his heart to darkness, because he wanted to leave so bad. Yeah, and I was like, whoa, so wanting to leave your shitty hometown creates darkness that will eventually destroy it? It's like, whoa, my bad, my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's more Riku, because, you know, it didn't happen to Sora and Kairi. Yeah, but so he wanted to leave for bad reasons, and they wanted to leave for good reasons? Like, I don't know. I think it's it's not that he had bad reasons for wanting to leave, it's that he was more willing to, like, do anything to leave. Oh, like, I'll I'll burn this place down to get out of here? Yeah. Yeah, like, whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, that's fair. I will, I will steal my parents' car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he turns into Ansem and says... Just kidding, it was me the whole time. Gotcha. I think Sora's like, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Right, he's just like, why are you still pretending to be Riku? You're like, you're clearly talking as Ansem. I'm not, I don't think that you're Riku right now. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, he he gives this big speech like, All worlds begin and end in darkness, and hearts are the same, because if you notice that hearts and people and worlds are all the same? But Sora says, An old lady told my friend... A fairy tale one day <laughs> and i learned from watching it on a dvd that there's actually a light that never goes out yeah well because ansem says darkness is the true nature of the heart mm-hmm. which is interesting i mean that's i like that's it's interesting that's what his theory is yeah yeah uh who who would have thought that when you spend all your time doing experiments where you kill people in a dungeon and turn them into monsters, you would come out of it thinking, man, people are pretty fucked up, aren't we? Yeah, we like this, all of us. All of it's us like this. It's pretty fucked up that a, a person, which is what I am, would do something like this to his fellow man. It yep. really says a lot about our society that I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also totally forgot to, uh, speaking of Sora seeing the fairy tale that Kairi's grandma told her, uh, do you remember when we were in Tarzan world and Sora sees a castle on the projector and he's like, huh, this looks familiar, but I don't know why. I do remember that. Yeah, that was, uh, sort of Kairi's memories resonating with him and being like, oh, a castle. Oh, right. I used to right, live in one of those. inside him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then Ansem floats up into the air, and he summons a big burly guy uh, who is lovingly known in the Kingdom Hearts fan community as the Cum Guardian. (laughs) Okay. Because you'll find that when you fight Ansem, he is constantly, 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 constantly saying, Cum Guardian! (laughs) Okay. 
Uh, yeah, it's definitely like a, rip- a ripoff stand as well. I I was gonna say it it reminds me of a stand mixed with uh, Anima, the the Final Fantasy X summon, which is all like chained up. Yeah, yeah, it does have a look like that. Yeah, he's got he's got like this this he kind of looks like a dark side heartless. He's got like the big heart shaped hole in his chest, uh, but he's also got like um, he's got like tape over his mouth or like bandages or something like keeping his mouth shut. Very creepy. Yep. Uh, but it is it is sort of blunted when you remember that his name is Come Guardian. Come Guardian! It is less impressive than Anima. Really t- takes the edge off of him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very, very good boss fight here. Uh, well, for, the first one is with uh, Donald and Goofy, but then once again, Ansem, like, flies off, and Donald and Goofy follow Sora, but they face plant directly <laughs> into a barrier as it goes up. Yeah, they get bonked bad. I never get tired of watching that happen. Uh, yeah. I do have to say, Ansem is a real dick, because there's a checkpoint here. If you beat him with Donald and Goofy, and then he beats you in the next fight, you start over right here. But before you get to fight him, he summons a Dark Side Heartless for no reason, which is like, it's not hard to fight at this point in the game. It just is time-consuming every time he kills you to have to fight this fucking thing again. So... Um, real, real bad move from uh, from Nomura and Ansem on this one. Yeah, that's just cruel. It, it's not even like to wear you down; it's just to make you bored. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you beat Ansem, and everything vanishes, and you're just in this big void. And uh, Ansem is like, "Oh, this this abyss holds the heart of all worlds, Kingdom Hearts." And he shows you this big white door. Yeah. And you're probably thinking, aha, that's the door that Sora has been told repeatedly that he is the one who will open it. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. <laughs> no. I'll spoil it right now. He doesn't open the door in this game. Nope. <laughs> Which is so nuts to me. I cannot believe that they set up Sora opening a very important door right at the beginning of the game, and they didn't even say, like, we should probably have him open the door by the end of the game. <laughs> no, that's definitely going to be in the third game, or maybe some side game, I don't know. It is, I will say right now, it is the end of Kingdom Hearts 2. Okay, well that's good, I guess. Uh, when when we get there, I will say this again, but I don't think it really justifies the build-up in any way. Okay. When it says, like, you are the one who will open the door, it makes me think that he's gonna, like, he's gonna, like, open the door to light and, like, the world will be saved or something. And that's just right. not what it is in the end. But we'll get there eventually. Okay. Uh, because what we have to do now is we have to fight uh, a flesh battleship. Yeah, I have some notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the fuck am I looking at with this flying monster city? Mm-hmm. Um, is that Bahamut? That's one note. <laughs> it looks a little bit like Bahamut. A That's interesting. Uh, Bahamut was actually cut from the game, so I do wonder. Maybe maybe this boss fight is actually kind of meant to evoke the image of Bahamut. Yeah. I've got another note that says, I, uh... And then uh-huh, <laughs> I have uh-huh. another that says, oh, he exploded. Did they all explode? <laughs> Who, Sora, Donald, the Goofy? Yeah, because he explodes really big. He does explode very, very large. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is the final boss of Kingdom Hearts 1. It is called World of Chaos, and it is Ansem fusing himself with a big battleship thing? 
It's a monster dragon It's thing. a monster. Yeah, it has multiple faces on it. Yeah. It has a tummy that also has a face. Yep. That, I don't know if you would have seen, did you get to see at all the, like, sort of midsection interior yeah, area? You know, yeah, like a weird yeah, tank? I got to, yeah, I got to see all that. I think they definitely wanted you to get to see that. It's very important that you see that it has a weird stomach with a frowny face on it. Yeah, like a cartoony frowny face in it. It looks sad and scared, too, which makes you feel much worse when you beat the shit out of it. <laughs> it's completely defenseless. Huh. Uh, but yeah, I this this is just Nomura on his bullshit. This, there's nothing going on here. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can just be like, well, he sort of dominates this world and... I guess, has been gathering power for a while, and this is what he made it into, I guess. I just don't know why it's a vehicle. Because it's not like you're moving around in the in the arena. You just float around the, the, the big boat. Yeah. I... It's a very strange fight. I will say, it is, in my opinion, absolutely fucking hysterical. I, I love how... W- it's so over the top for no reason. Yeah, I mean, I... I didn't expect it, and that's always good to me, usually, and um, <laughs> it was just a little inexplicable, <laughs> and especially yeah, so nothing just Nothing as seeing... a child prepares you huh? for when you beat Ansem, you beat him as a guy, and then it's like, okay, well, I bet you thought that made sense. What if he was a boat? <laughs> Have fun. Yeah, and like, I, I bet it maybe is, when you're actually playing it, I maybe, maybe it makes more sense when you nope. see some of the things you see but yeah nope yep it's it's a very cool fight though i like uh because it like takes donald and goofy away from you and you have to like you have to do a certain amount of damage to get him to like go into recovery mode at which point you go into these really like darker than anything we've ever seen literally in terms of like lighting like you can't see shit and you have to fight some heartless to to rescue donald and goofy is a, is a fun little mechanic then you punch it in its sad little stomach for a while. <laughs> oh, I, I, I would be remiss not to mention that uh, as Donald and Goofy vanish, Sora also is like falling into the void. But then he hears Riku's voice go, "Come on, Sora! I thought you were stronger than that." And Sora's like, "All right, oh, uh, I got a boss fight." <laughs> um. Well, and you blew him up, so of course his shoulder hurts a little bit then. His shoulder does hurt. Oh, uh, one more thing that I want to mention about the the visual design. This one I actually think is cool and not just stupid. Is that Ansem, who is fucking gigantic right now, even even uh, in the scale of the boat, uh, he's like growing out of it with these like nasty tendrils. Yeah, and he he's fighting with a double ended sword, which is two of Riku's Soul Eater. Yeah, yeah, that that was cool, and and which. I don't know. I, th- I questioned when Riku f- showed up with that weapon where he got it. I'm assuming now that probably Ansem made it and gave it to Maleficent to give to him. Yeah, that would that would track. Which would potentially explain why it can fight Heartless, even though it's not a Keyblade or affiliated with a Keyblade. Maybe? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. And, uh, yeah, the ship explodes. Ansem's shoulder is hurt. <laughs> Owie. This is... This is a great cutscene for so many reasons, but... I think my absolute favorite thing about it, Billy Zane as Ansem gives the line read of his life <laughs> because he he like reaches out to Kingdom Hearts and he's like, 
fill me with the power of darkness. He he he's like if I if I get to Kingdom Hearts, then it will regenerate me. I'll be stronger yeah. than ever before. Uh, the door starts to crack open, and you see like black smoke coming out of it. And Sora's like, "No, you fucking idiot!" He says, <laughs> "Kingdom Hearts is light." And the door opens, and all the light pours out, and Ansem is like. <laughs> Light! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Light! With, with the fucking tone of Donald, of, of a Daffy Duck, mother! Yeah. It's the right reaction, I think. It's so, so good. Oh my god, it fucking kills me. And him. Yeah. He's fucking dead. He he explodes from the light. They run over to the door, which as we get close to it, we see that it is fucking gigantic. Yeah, it's very, very big. It's like, it's gotta be like 30 feet tall. Uh, and they're, they're trying to push it closed. Uh, <laughs> I love that Goofy in the middle of this, while they're trying to push the door closed, he like kind of stops pushing for a second just to like see what's on the other side. And he's like, oh, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. It is funny, though, because it's like, okay, light came out of it. It is like, at this point, I'm like still a little unclear on why you need to close it, I guess, other than... Because I'm like, I'm trying to think. I'm like, okay, so you're in the world of darkness already, but then Kingdom Hearts... But what is... what? But then then Mickey and Riku are actually in the world of darkness. Yes. So, yeah... Here's the thing, because this this is one of those things with Kingdom Hearts that is just very messy. Mm-hmm. But what is happening here? We will learn more about why Mickey was there eventually, so I'm not going to get into that. Okay. But what is happening is that as the Heartless, led by Ansem, were going around destroying worlds, the world's hearts were all returning to the realm of darkness. And they were gathering there because mm-hmm. the heart, the heartless were taking them. That's what they were doing. Take right. the heart, the world goes to sleep and sort of stops existing. So the heartless are gathering all those world hearts in the realm of darkness. Ansem's belief is that the heart is fundamentally a construct of darkness. Right. Okay. Sora's belief is that it is fundamentally light. Mm-hmm. So what Ansem thought was going to happen is that they would open the door to the realm of darkness, and where, where on the, the other side been. of that door is all the hearts of all the worlds that they've gathered coming together into what is referred to as Kingdom Hearts, and that all that darkness would rush out of the doorway and strengthen him like never before. So were they actually in the worlds between then, when they were fighting, and not in the world of darkness? Yes, all of this uh, is is still set in the end of the world, which is, like, right on the brink of oh, the Oh, okay, that makes more sense to me then. I just, did, I thought they were kind of already in the world of dark. Okay, then it makes sense now. Got it. Yeah, so when they when they look through the door, and when, when the door starts to open a little and darkness starts coming out of it, that's because on the other side of it, it is literally the realm of darkness. But what when that? the light comes out, that's because Kingdom Hearts is pouring light outwards. Got it. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah. I get it all now. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so so yeah, Goofy takes a little peek into the realm of darkness and sees, and this is something I love whenever we get to see the realm of darkness, is that it is very like, it's very like deep sea looking. 
like weird like creepy coral constructs yeah yeah and yeah like swarming yeah, it, with shadow heartless balls it kind of looks like like and then there's like light leaking out of some stuff in there that look kind of like dendrites or like you know like neurons yeah. or something which is interesting. Yeah. and then all the polyps that ursula made <laughs> uh but yeah goofy sees uh not only is it really creepy and weird looking but also there's like giant blobs of shadow heartless mm-hmm. that are just like like leaking waves of darkness off of them and he's like well that's not good <laughs> uh and they they kind of start to get a little bit dejected and start to lose hope a little but whose gloveless fingers should poke out of that door but riku last name doesn't exist <laughs> Every time I watch this cutscene, by the way, I do get a little bit anxious about, you know, you see fingers coming through a door like that. You're like, those are going to get slammed, especially yep. as they start closing the door. I'm like, Riku, can you take your fingers out? <laughs> yeah, it's a real big door. It's going to hurt. It's a huge door. Yeah. You are going to lose those fingers. <laughs> the That little that little bit of glove is not going to protect them. Yeah, uh, no way. But uh <laughs> They Riku is like, we'll we'll close it together, Sora. They're pull they're pulling, Sora's pushing, other way around rather. Riku's pulling, Sora's pushing. Uh and uh a bu- like multiple dark side heartless just pop up behind Riku. And Donald is like, Well, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then they're destroyed. And who should show up but Mickey fucking Mouse? I love the little pose. I love he yeah he like jumps onto the like coral things and he holds up a key, a key and it's like the kingdom key but with the colors reversed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned at one point that he has a keyblade of darkness that is called the kingdom key D. It's the darkness equivalent of the kingdom key. Uh, and as as he explained to us at some length. If you have a keyblade of light and a keyblade of darkness on either side, then you can close that door for good. And he says, let's close that door for good. Uh, Sora, I would say very reasonably, is not super thrilled about the idea of closing the door to the realm of darkness with Riku inside of it. Yeah, that was nice of him. <laughs> <laughs> to express some concern for his friend. Uh, but Mickey Mouse is like... Don't worry, Sora. There will always be a door to the realm of light. Ha ha. <laughs> yep. Uh, so yeah, uh, uh, Mickey thanks Donald and Goofy. Riku tells Sora to take care of Kyrie, and they uh, they close the door and they lock it with their uh, with their keyblades. Yeah, yeah. And you can go ahead and bump the cry tally up to two for me. <laughs> it's not just the emotions of the scene; it's fucking. It's fucking simple and clean. Simple and clean, it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's a powerful track. Yeah. Uh so yeah, the door just completely vanishes. They're just like standing uh on this road similar to the one that Riku was on before, uh that just extends out forever. Uh we get a very cruel flashback of sepia tone Destiny Islands friend time. <laughs> right. Uh, not, not fair, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and Kyrie is here? Right. I was confused about this. Oh, wait! Oh, shit, it just clicked in my mind why this happens. It's because their hearts are connected? Mm, uh, Probably, but 
because they they have destroyed Ansem and uh, released Kingdom Hearts from right. the Realm of Darkness. So all those hearts have gone back. Right. Which means that the Destiny Islands have reformed. Okay, yeah. And they, they told us earlier, if you're from the Destiny Islands, you're gonna appear on the Destiny Islands. Yeah. Except Sora So doesn't. I think... Yeah, I think it's because he's already on the inside. Mm, okay. Uh, but Kyrie, I think that what happens from Kyrie's perspective is that she appears on the islands. The islands are spatially still very close to the realm of darkness and to, to the moment. end of the world. So, like, as it's sort of moving back to where it normally would be, I think that they're kind of intersecting is why she can see him. Got it. Okay. Uh. Yeah, so she's standing on this little, like, little pocket of sand, and Sora, like, runs over, but the ground, like, starts shaking and pulling them apart from each other. Uh, he promises to come back to her. Oh, this is where Simple and Clean starts playing. Mm-hmm. And kicking me in the nuts. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, I, I really like we, we see from Kairi's perspective as the end of the world, like, like pushes off and collapses around Sora and then just the sky like fills with stars. Really cool. Yeah, that is it. This looks good. Yeah, we're we're in full like FMV cutscene at this point. Yeah, uh, actually, yeah. Finish up talk. I, I have things to talk about, but I think we should do okay, that sure. when we're done talking about all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So Kyrie goes into the secret place, uh, and she sees the drawing where Sora added the Paupu going to her. She like cries over it, and then adds a Paupu for Sora, which is sweet. Yeah. Uh. That's that's the end of the simple and clean FMV cutscene. If you had something to say here, I think I think you wait to the end. Actually, yeah. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So the the next thing we see is Sora, Donald, and Goofy are in this like just sort of like a, a grassy field in the daytime. Presumably, this is somewhere in the realm between, and they're like making their way back from from the very very close realm of darkness territory. Uh, mm-hmm. I love that Donald and Goofy are just wearing their cartoon outfits. Yeah, like this, the little the, sailor shirt. <laughs> right, when I was like, oh, does this mean they're in, like, Disney World? I think this just means that they're in, like, neutral territory. Like, his magic isn't, isn't like, putting any particular outfits on them. I'll be honest, I don't think we ever see them wearing these outfits again. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. It was kind of good to see him in those outfits. I, yeah, I really like it. Um... Just just a casual goofy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love that Donald is like really like, oh God, what are we going to do? Oh God, oh God. But Sora is just like, that's eh, fine. We just got to find Riku and King Mickey. Uh, that's all. <laughs> He's very, uh, very chill about all of this. Yeah. Which I think I, I like that. I think it makes sense for him as a character. He's like, I got to see Kyrie. She's fine. I got to see Riku. We're going to find him. Like, we're all good. Yeah, like not, nobody's in like immediate danger. I'll get home and there will be dinner on the table and my mom will be like, oh, hey, Sora. <laughs> right, yeah. My what? Uh, I don't know. What... <laughs> that... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's thinking about how his mom is back at home. Sure. I'm sure. Just, just doesn't talk about it, though. I'm sure he's thinking about it, though. No, I he mean, can't cause... talk about it because it's too it's too sad for him to think about how much he definitely misses his mom and remembers her. Right. <laughs> That's one of the things he forgot when he was falling into darkness and it didn't come back. 
<laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, God. Kingdom Hearts 6. Sora gets home to the Destiny Islands and his mom is there and he's like, Hi, who are you? <laughs> oh. oh, no. Uh, I I like this. This is a very cartoony moment where Goofy's like, How are we going to find the door to light? And they all just think about it for a second and then sigh in unison. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then Pluto is here. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Like a messenger from hell, carrying a letter with King Mickey's seal. Yeah, and I wrote, how the fuck did that gross bug get a new letter? (laughs) (laughs) Well, what if I told you I have no fucking idea? Yeah, I mean, magic, I guess. (laughs) There's gonna be a spin-off game that's, like, gonna be Kingdom Hearts 16, and it's going to be, like, the story of how Pluto ended up here. Yeah, Pluto is somehow one of the, a being that can travel between the realm of darkness <laughs> and the realm of light. It's it's going to be like a side-scrolling platformer where you play as Pluto. It's going like to be an, an infinite runner. Sega Genesis game or something. <laughs> Pluto's stupid adventure. <laughs> Pluto's bad adventure for this bad <laughs> character that you all hate. <laughs> I think this, is, this is a universal feeling i understand <sighs> there's gotta be someone out there who likes this fucking dog i don't know one of my Weird. only memories of a pluto cartoon from my childhood is one where he falls into like a a like laundry hamper and then he comes up with it on top of his head like it's a stereotypical asian hat and he makes a bad racist face so oh my god yeah so yeah. bad character <laughs> <laughs> we are coming for you pluto hashtag pluto is over party yeah that's right did we make that joke in episode one i think we might have maybe <laughs> uh yeah so he's got this letter from king mickey and he runs ahead and they all chase after him really excitedly we get one last completely unnecessary from goofy yeah you like to hear it you do like to hear it. I don't think it really makes sense in context. No, no. I usually associate it with, like, Goofy falling down a well. Yeah, same. It's usually something bad happening. Uh, but yeah, we, we get, we we pan, we pan up seeing that the road pretty much just goes off to the horizon. And we hear, or we read, unvoiced Mickey once again saying, Remember, Sora, you are the one who will open the door to light. And that's the end of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah. Or do you still want me to keep going? No, um, you know, I think... Because there is more. <laughs> there is more. I guess, you know, a thing I was thinking about that was confusing to me because, like, Sora is like, oh, we'll figure it out, is that I thought when they locked the door to Kingdom Hearts, they've now effectively separated all the worlds for now, and you shouldn't be able to travel between them. Yeah, I mean, I think that's basically what Sora is saying, is like, I have no idea how we'll do it, but we'll do it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I do like, actually, I've never really thought about it, but because when we see them last in the end of the world, they're in like that big, like, smoky gray void on this Mm -hmm. road. I never really thought about it, but I really like the idea that as they walk further from darkness and closer to the realm of light, that the road, like, becomes this sort of rural dirt path in the middle of nowhere and the the black void becomes just like a nice warm grassy field in the daytime yeah i never i never really thought of it that way but i i kind of like that effect yeah it's it's interesting 
Uh, let's see. We got we got two things left that could go in either order. I'll say I'll say end credits. Uh, which is uh, nothing important, but uh, we get a few little scenes as the credits roll. Huey, Dewey, and Louie go back to Disney Castle, making you wonder why they weren't there in the first place. Right. Uh, Sid, like, brings kind of a sheepish-looking Cloud to Hollow Bastion, and Aerith is like, hey, Cloud, and he's like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Pinocchio becomes a real boy, if anyone cares. Sure don't. <laughs> uh, Aladdin and Jasmine, like, fucking make out while Di- while Genie watches. Yeah, that's their- that's how they- that's how they do it. I was I was pretty surprised that we saw this kiss. I was like, I mean, it's not like an inappropriate kiss, but I don't think we ever see any other kiss in Kingdom Hearts. Hmm. That seems crazy to me, but uh, <laughs> I guess good to know. I thought everyone would be kissing all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they talk about hearts and connection all the time. You got to have like a couple chaste kisses, you would think. <laughs> Riku, I'm so glad you're okay. I mean, it's not any weirder than sticking your thumbs in his mouth. <laughs> okay, that's a good point. Yeah. Is that Pluto? <laughs> I guess maybe I, yeah, this, this is the game I want, I suppose, not the game that we got. <laughs> you want Kingdom Lips. Yeah, Kiss, <laughs> yeah. kiss, kiss Dom Heart. <laughs> <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 358 kisses over two lips. Uh it should be part of the rhythm game is the kissing, kissing one. It's you, like on a like a touchpad and you you t- you tap it by kissing rhythmically. You kissing cool. <laughs> uh we see uh Titus Waka and Selfie playing on the beach, not playing Blitzball sadly. Yeah. And then all the princesses wave goodbye to us, the player, as they return to their home worlds. And that's all well and good. But then we get the secret movie. This thing is such bullshit. It's kind of nuts. Yeah. I I will preface this with, okay, two things. Number one, there is a substantially longer version <laughs> that uh, came with Final Mix compared to this one, which I think you could unlock in the first game. Either that or it's this version and then the longer version you get by like 100%ing it or playing on proud mode or whatever. Probably that, Whatever yeah. the case, I didn't bother re-watching it for the longer version because none of this really matters. It's just like it's, concept stuff. Yeah, it's it's like a concept trailer, basically. Like, here here's the kind of stuff we could get up to in the sequel. A lot of it a lot of it will come back. We will see a lot of it again, but the details are not important. Uh, basically, it's like a, a, a rainy city at night. There's a blonde boy in a black coat uh, looking up at a boy on top of a skyscraper who looks an awful lot like Riku in the same coat, but with a blindfold smirking edgily. The blonde boy has Oathkeeper and Oblivion. He's dual-wielding Keyblades. Riku takes off his blindfold. The blonde boy asks where Sora is. And then we just get a whole bunch of text on screen. One thing that I learned, which is really funny about this, is that all of the text on the screen is, like, formatted like quotes. But it's all just, like, sort of of out-of-context phrases. The only one I wrote down is, we'll go together. I wrote down, Uh, you are the source of the heartless. 
Yes. So this is what's really funny about this is that none of these lines had any actual meaning attached to them when they were written. But the writers of Kingdom Hearts 2 did make sure to incorporate as many of them as they possibly could. (laughs) So if there's ever a moment in Kingdom Hearts 2 where someone says something kind of weird and slightly stilted and off that feels like it wasn't written with the rest of the dialogue that scene, that's why! (laughs) Thanks, boss. Thanks for this trailer you did. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and the last thing we see is a girl who looks kind of like Kyrie and probably is supposed to be Kyrie, stands on the beach and watches something fall from the sky. Oh, I thought that was fucking Tifa. I thought it was like, hey, here's Tifa. We didn't get her before, but here she is now. Maybe. Whatever, Whatever that last moment is, I think that is the one thing that, like, absolutely never comes up. So we don't need to think about it too much. All right. That's Kingdom Hearts. Wow. Yeah. I what a what a journey. I I am surprised that we made it through in only 6 episodes and I also am surprised that it took 6 whole episodes. Yeah, I know cuz sometimes when you talk to people they're like, "Oh, Kingdom Hearts 1 barely matters or whatever." And I don't know. There was some good stuff here. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say I generally am of the opinion that the true Kingdom Hearts begins with Chain of Memories. Which, you know, I mean, it makes sense because that's when Nomura knew, like, we're getting a series now. Right, yeah. I think I think a lot of the Final Mix exclusive stuff also has that same feeling where it's, like, written with the knowledge that anything else will ever happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this... <laughs> yeah, and it is like, you know, I think that it feels like Kingdom Hearts 1 is sort of like a, like, lost or like a Stephen Moffat thing or that was just like, let's build a lot of cool questions for people to think about. <laughs> and maybe we don't even know the answers to them, but, hey, maybe if we get more more series or more game, we can, like, try to pay that stuff off. Uh-huh. And I, I know a lot of people don't like that. I think that's cool. I think it's cool to to just be like, we're just going to put interesting, weird little things in the game. If I get a chance, I'll develop them. If I don't then they're just weird little cool things. I don't know. I, I've i never understood why people think that that's, like, bad writing. Yeah, I don't... They're like, oh, he didn't even know what he was going to do. I'm like, who cares? He does interesting things later with it. I don't, I don't care that he didn't know at the time. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know. Yeah, I think that it's bad if it's all you do. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. like Which is, like, I think the big criticism of, like, what Moffat does, right? Which is... He just sets stuff up and never pays it off in any sort of way. Um, <laughs> well, it's it's great to hear you say that, as I am just beginning a Doctor Who podcast. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and I guess I, ha- I jury's out for me on if I think Kingdom Hearts does that effectively or not. Uh-huh. I'm still undecided how I feel about Lost doing that. Yeah. Um, I think they did better than a lot of people think, but not 100% great. I will absolutely stand by the the ending as being better than people gave it credit for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the rest of season six, uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm totally with you on that. A lot of people just didn't get what was happening, but that's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's Island Shuffle. Check it out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, next week we will we will be unpacking all of Kingdom Hearts and and giving sort of a, a wrap up. What did we think? Did we like it? In my opinion, yes. I do have a crackpot corner if you don't. Yeah, I that yeah, I mean I have some stuff, but I think we could save it for the wrap up show. So Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh here's my theory which is correct. Well, you'll let me know that it's correct. Okay. Uh 
So Pinocchio put the Hundred Acre Wood book in Merlin's bag. Okay. Yeah, because he stole it, right? First of all, he's a dirty little thief. Right. Second of all, he has one goal in life, and it's to become a real boy. A goal that he achieves in the end for reasons unclear to us. Yeah? I know why. Because he knew that in Traverse Town, there's a wizard named Merlin, who is a very epic wizard. And he found this book, a work of fiction, not real. What if Merlin could make a book that is not real into reality? That would mean that Pinocchio could count on him to turn him from a puppet into a real boy. Now, you're probably wondering, why didn't he, A, just ask Merlin to do it? It's because if Merlin failed, then Pinocchio would be exploded into splinters and he didn't want to, didn't want to risk that. B, he wanted, he wanted to test him uh, by, by giving him this book, both, both for his ability and for his... Just sort of getting a sense of his personality. Like, would he do this at all? Like, would he believe in this? But there's a reason that he did it in secret. That he didn't just he didn't just ask Ans- Anson, Merlin, that's another theory. He didn't just ask Merlin, like, hey, here's this book. Could you make this real? Because I want to know if you could make me real. There's a reason that he tested him in secret, which is that he didn't mean to. He put the He took the book. He was going to give it to Merlin, but then he saw a big pile of shit in the road. Right. And he got distracted and he wanted to play with it. So he just like threw the book into Merlin's bag and then he ran away to check out the big dump on the ground. Uh, I think that's a rock solid theory backed up by in-world and out-of-world sources. Yeah. So at the end of the at the end of the game, he has seen uh the cover of the book. He goes and checks in with Merlin. He's like, "Hey, did you get that book I sent you?" And he sees the cover and he sees Sora on it and he's like, "Okay, I don't know exactly what the fuck happened here, but something happened here. Merlin's a genius." hit me and then merlin zaps him and he turns into a real boy yeah i i don't think anyone will ever refute that theory all right that is a confirmed let me confirmed. put that into the confirmed pile yeah i mean i guess my only crackpot corner is the fact that uh fucking pluto has that letter somehow shows that really he's the true villain behind this whole series and because he couldn't have he definitely couldn't have gotten a letter from mickey so he definitely wrote it himself to try to manipulate Sora into doing things he needs him to do. Oh, he put a pen in his mouth and he wiggled it around. That's right. Yeah, Mickey yeah. never wrote any letters. These are all from Pluto. <laughs> Fortunately, we did already confirm that Pluto is the true villain. So that one's already in the confirmed pile. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so we'll we'll slap this on next to it. Yep. Just more evidence. <laughs> the evidence is stacking up. Yeah. Pluto's behind it all. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I got for this week. Yeah, yeah, good. I just, I never really got past the boat. <laughs> and I think you never will. Yeah, I'm I'm always going to be on that boat. <laughs> oh, God. It's going to be so good in Kingdom Hearts 4 where Sora rides around in that exact boat. Who needs a gummy ship when you have the world of chaos? It's going to be crazy in Kingdom Hearts 5 when Ansem turns into, I guess this time he'll just turn into like a skyscraper. <laughs> oh, man. I I actually wish that had been what happened because, you know, it's called World of Chaos. I think that it could have actually been really fucking cool if it was like you're fighting a city. 
Your inside Ansem, which is a place. Yeah. Okay. Ansem's inside story. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and you, <sighs> you... <laughs> Maybe next time. Yeah. They can they can make as many games as they want at this point, I think it's safe to say. <laughs> that no one has stopped them yet. <laughs> Square Enix has given them like eleven games now. I think that I think they're set. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, we're we're hosted on noisebase.xyz. You can find other podcasts there, such as uh, it doesn't have its own feed just yet at time of recording. But if you check the feed for Kylex Y, you can find my new podcast, the first episode, Doctor Huh, where uh, Jordan and I are watching Doctor Who in a random order. We watched the first, nope, the second episode of the <laughs> Matt Smith Eleventh Doctor, and it was. Yeah, I'm sure. You know what? I'm not even sure if context would have helped necessarily. <laughs> uh, there's other good podcasts there. Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, Zero to Zero. Oops, I'm on that one. Oops, I'm on the other one also. <laughs> you Slappers mean... Only, The Stick, Tuning Fork. Check it out. Giants confirmed about they might be giants. Check that one out. Huh. Check out podcast yeah. on noisebase.xyz. And like we say at the end of every episode... Keyblade, key I'm going first. <laughs> sure. You know, I wanted to see if you would say Keyblade or Key on Blading. It seemed like you weren't too into it last time. Oh, right. <laughs> we just didn't, we never talked about it. I did spring it on you, and I'm very sorry for that. Yeah. Okay, Key on Blading. <laughs> key on Blading. And Keyblade. Keyblade. It is futile. The Keyblade alone cannot seal the door to darkness. Kingdom Hearts, fill me with the power of darkness. Supreme Darkness. You're wrong. I know now, without a doubt, Kingdom Hearts is light! Light! But why?